Hey guys, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome everybody to Self-Evident Podcast. You got a little different podcast. Yes, we are live. So if you guys have any questions, please hit us up uh, with those things. If you've had, if you've not subscribed to the podcast, you got to do that. Get onto any uh, platform, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that stuff. We're all on there. Go ahead and subscribe. Shoot us a little review. You hate us. You hate us. You love us. You love us. If you think we're boring, great. I'm glad. Shoot it down there in the review. Because the more people review, whether good or bad, it gets the views out there, and that's what we want. And if you don't mind, give this video a share. Give this video a share. And, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to bring some some cool things that were kind of hitting, kind of weighing on me a little bit. Uh, so uh, my wife asked me not to do a podcast this morning. She's like, can't you just rest? And I was like, no, can I just do this real fast? Hopefully 10, 15, 20 minutes stops. She knows it's going to be an hour. But I tried. So <laughs> we're here. What do you think, Easy e What are we going to do this morning? I think the Lord is just going to speak through us today. I like this. I like this. Now, Mike is um, sitting next to me, but not, yeah, I mean, he's still not here. <laughs> he's still not here. He's just hanging out, you know, doing his thing. in spirit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Shalene's here. Look at that. Andrew's here. Praise God. Guys, again, th this is going to be a fast one. It's not going to be huge, but I just want to kind of throw some things at you guys to hopefully get you to remember Memorial Day. We want to honor those who have fallen, who have paid the ultimate price for our liberty. And I think liberty is something not talked about enough. We're talking about what freedom is and what rights are. Um, we still don't really get in the in the national discourse where they come from. We're getting there, right? We're educating. We're, we're getting there. But liberty in its truest form is unobstructed ability to do what you want to do while not violating the rights of another so that's really where liberty is and we should fight for liberty good morning peggy uh we should fight for liberty. we got to fight for this stuff guys go ahead and share this video get, uh, down below hey, give it a like give it a share go ahead and subscribe on other platforms uh we got some really cool uh stuff happening uh this morning that i think that you guys are going to love so let's get right into it we're going to talk about the sacrifice of freedom remember the sacrifice and obedience is love i think sometimes um people think that them dying is the sacrifice them dying like the soldiers i'm talking about here in the natural what was the price paid for our liberty and our freedom you know a lot of people think that because they passed away because they fought more and they died more they died from complications of of of, uh, of wounds or things like that 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 was the ultimate form of love it actually wasn't it was their love for their family it was their love for their nation it was their love for wanting to go do this and and i'm not saying every one of them loved to do this but i'm saying like you look back at the old world war ii's and things it was it was the love they had for a nation to stop tyranny to me that was what brought them to that place of i'm willing to sacrifice my life their obedience to what was in their heart is what the sacrifice was because even god says i desire obe obedience rather than sacrifice i desire a broken and a contrite heart not all of your vain sacrifices you do when you're killing turtle doves and all these other things. I desire your heart. I don't desire what you can do on the outside. And I'll tell you why. Because for someone, it's easy to just die for something. You know, it's a lot harder, though, to live for something. And so hopefully this, this podcast today will transform you and to get you really to think about, look, why am I doing what I'm doing for the Lord? You know, am I doing it because, hey, it's just the right thing to do? Because, hey, I, I really want to do something for God. And th those are good things. You should want to do things for the Lord. I'm not saying that. But when the Spirit of God truly changes you on the inside, 
you're wanting to do it because he wants you to do it. Do you understand? It's not you wanting to do something for him. He actually wants to do it through you. And so then he gets the glory uh, through, through all that. So we're going to get right into it here. I'm just going to read through a couple of scriptures. Uh, and then I'm going to talk about the sacrifice of one man. Uh, just one that we probably don't hear enough about. We actually don't have ever heard about, uh, really. And so we're going to talk about that. You know, in the Bible, it actually says there are scriptures that when the word love is talked about, sacrifice is attached to it. A lot of people think love is an emotional thing. And it's a, it's a oh my gosh, yes, I love you. That That is true. The emotion side of love is there. But actually in scripture, most of the time we see the word love, it's actually attributed to the word sacrifice. And I'll just give you a few scriptures to go on that. John 15, when he says, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his brother. See how love and life were in, in context. Love actually means to sacrifice, to give yourself away, that you're not even involved. When the word love, like I, I liken it to this in a relationship. If you say you love somebody, whether they love you back or not, that should have no bearing on your love for them. That's how deep love goes. That's why love covers a multitude of sins. That's why mercy rejoices over judgment because love is so much greater than sin. Grace is so much greater than sin. Uh, love should be supreme and it should see the soul of man, not what they're doing, right? There are some that are ordained to this condemnation. The Bible says ungodly men, they turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. That's all true. There are some who are ordained to damnation. Okay, I get all that. There are some who will die without the Lord. They will. But we should love them enough to at least give them the truth so that they have that option to choose whether they want to serve God or not. So our job is to go out and love them in the truth. And I thank you guys for, for commenting. This is great. Uh, here's another one. Ephesians 5. He says, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a, tr a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. See that? Love one another as Christ gave his life for you. Right? Here's another one. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He didn't come to be served self-servient. And unfortunately, a lot of what, uh, and, and there, there's, there's many uh, 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 gospels out there that'll hit you with that. You know, it's about you. We give God permission to work in our lives. We give the Holy Spirit permission to be in our buildings. I don't agree with that. The Holy Spirit and God can do anything without your permission. You know what I mean? This isn't about us. This isn't about what we can get out of this stuff. What, what's cool about the Lord is when we came to Jesus, we're dead now. Our life is bought with a price and we're hidden with Christ in God, the Bible says. So I no longer live, but Christ lives in me now. So it's really not about my selfish desires here. Now, does God give me the desires of my heart? Absolutely, especially when they're his. I'll even tell you something really small. My favorite cartoon growing up was Thundercats. And if you can relate to Thundercats, Thundercats is the bomb. Lion-O, baby. You know what I mean? So when you, when, I used to love that cartoon. I actually said it in church. Uh, you know, my favorite cartoon was the Thundercat. Someone legit brought me a, I wish I could grab it. It's a full-on little uh, action figure of Lionel from Thundercat. Brand new too. Uh, I thought, Lord, you care about the small things. I wasn't even asking for that, but I thought that was really cool. So he does care about the little things. And God is so gracious and graceful to let us dream, to let us go do these things. And when we dream in his, in his eyes, in his way, um, we, we, don't, we don't need to, 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 to worry about what he's put in our hearts. We're just walking out our faith every day. That's what we're doing, right? Here's another one. For the San, uh, I'm sorry, for the Son of Man, or, or some, John 3.16 is another one. For God so loved the world that he gave. So love and giving and sacrifice, again, Here's another one, 1 John uh, 3, 16. 
By this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Every single time, it's love, sacrifice, love, sacrifice. That's why I was saying, just because they lost their lives, I think that was the, that was the part they knew that might happen. What, what was driving them to go to that place was love. What was driving them to go to that place was honor. What was driving them to that place was their families. They wanted to protect their families. And I, and I, I went to, to back all the way to World War II and studied World War II a lot. And their, their testimonies and their stories are incredible that they actually did it. One guy actually said many soldiers committed suicide because they became 4F, because they were wounded or injured or they couldn't go to war. They would kill themselves, he said, because they, they so loved their nation. They wanted to be a part of stopping tyranny. They, they couldn't do it. And so that's how far, and I'm not recommending suicide. Please don't take it that way, because someone will say that. He was telling people to kill themselves. It's not what I'm saying, okay? Don't get your liberal tidies in a wad here, okay? I'm not saying that, right? But here's, here's, here's some other things I want to kind of talk about. Do right. Don't just die for right. Instead of dying for something, we live for something, right? So it was William Wallace, I think in Braveheart, still a famous quote. He actually quoted it uh, from William, uh, Wilbur, or I'm sorry, William Wallace. He said, every man dies, but not every man truly lives. So you could live to be 20 years old and you could have the fullest life within 20 years that some people it takes 80 to fulfill. And you don't want to be that person at the end of your days. And we talked about this last podcast with Joe Z. Joseph Z, you guys can go check that out. That episode was awesome. Uh, so, but we talked about what are you going to be remembered for? And uh, here's, here's a couple more scriptures. Proverbs 21 says this, Proverbs 21, three, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. I, Shailene, I actually have to say that kind of stuff because in the future, if I ever run for public office, they're going to go in and cut up these little pieces. They will, they do this crap. they cut it all up and they piece it together and I have to do disclaimers. So that way, if they ever do it, I can sue them for hundreds of millions of dollars and be rich. And I can give to you and your ministry. <laughs> I can give to Joe and others. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that's just what's going to happen. So yeah. And it's, it's unfortunately true. Uh, let's see to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Matthew nine thirteen says this, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I desire mercy not sacrifice, because he said, I didn't call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. If he came to call the righteous, that's just like Christians going into churches preaching. Hello. Like, it's just like Christian bands going out playing for Christian festivals for Christian people. He came to call the lost, not the righteous. I'm not saying that's all bad. Okay. What I'm saying is he came to go to the lost. <clears throat> and there are times we need to go to the church and, you know, do some preaching and things like that. That's not, that's all good. That's great. But we're supposed to go out because he didn't call the righteous. He called the sinners to repentance, which Christ makes us righteous. Amen. Uh, here's another one. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave himself up for all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? So if God was able to give us all things through Christ, he'll give us all things through him even more abundantly in other things as well. And so that's why Jeepers, uh, I just kind of noticed that we're, we're live right now. Did you know that? Easy E. I just got a notice Wait, from we Facebook. Are? Yeah, we're, we're live right now. Oh, just shoot. so, Hang on. just so, just so, no, it's it's cool. I have to tune in on the self-evident podcast on youtube.com slash the self-evident podcast. <laughs> so give, me, like, give me a sec. 
it's like you just said you're live i'm like thanks I'm, uh, actually i you know here, while i'm at it i'm here. gonna go ahead and go on spotify and apple music and i'm going to go ahead and subscribe to the self-evident truth podcast well there you go there you go <laughs> hey uh someone just posted that interview we did with joseph z you guys gotta repost that that was really good uh please do that please repost that um guys i'm gonna go through too a little bit of sacrifice especially this morning what was weighing heavy on me how many people sacrificed they, they lived and died for our nation they lived, fought, bled, and died for this nation. Many of the founders in the revolution and you know those silent founding fathers we don't even know about that helped and aided guys like Thomas Jefferson, Washington, a lot of those soldiers and things like that, we don't even really talk about or know, right? But here, I'm just going to go through some of the statistics, some of the numbers uh, since, uh, since our early battles till now. Uh, we lost 620,000 Americans during the Civil War, wow. right? Uh, from 1861 to 65. In World War II, we lost over 405,000 Americans in the battle against tyranny. Uh, you know, and again, were we supposed to be the police of the world? Whole different podcast. But it's just look at the sacrifice we paid. That's already a million people right there. World War I, we lost 116,500 people in that war. Vietnam War, we lost 58,209 Americans. Uh, Korean War, 36,516 Americans died. Notice I didn't say blacks, whites, and whatever, because we're all Americans under that banner, right? Uh, it's estimated at the Revolutionary where we lost 25,000 uh, men and women, men especially in, in the war. Uh, I should say men in the war. Who knows how many casualties of war were affected in that? Uh, the War of 1812, we lost 20,000 estimated. Uh, the Mexican-American War, 13,283. The War on Terror, over 7,000 have been lost in that war. The Spanish-American War was 2,000. 446 the gulf war 258 were lost i think what happens is is we look at those numbers and i go man how many people actually fought and died that didn't even know me to give me a life ahead of them they're they're going out there believing that they're sacrificing themselves to give me and my sons a better life okay and i think that's where we, we always got to keep ourselves i'm going to talk about one guy in the revolutionary war we don't even really know it was actually before the revolutionary war this was in april of 1775 uh, this is about a guy named Samuel Whitmore. And Samuel Whitmore in 1775, after the Battle of Lexington, the British Redcoats retreated through Whitmore's hometown in Massachusetts. Whitmore picked up his musket to defend the town, and he put two dueling pistols and a sword in his belt. He went up to join other colonial Minutemen. He selected a position behind a stone wall and waited. The other Minutemen fired and fell back to reload. Whitmore waited until the Redcoats were at point-blank range, and he stood and he killed one British soldier with his musket. He drew his pistols and fired, killing another Redcoat instantly and wounding another so badly he died later. This is one dude. I'm going to go defend my town, he said, right? He drew his pistols, killed another Redcoat. Then he drew his sword, and he attacked. So after killing three Redcoats, he drew his sword, and he goes, let's, let's do this thing. The British must have thought that this single patriot would be easy to finish off. Now watch this. Whitmore was shot. Whitmore got shot. And British soldiers had muskets, which fired a 69 caliber round. And the shot ripped off part of Whitmore's face and knocked him down. Whitmore tried to get up, wielding his sword. Another British soldier bashed him in, with, in the back of the head with the butt of his musket. And while Whitmore was helpless on the ground, British soldiers bayoneted him 13 times. British bayonets had blades almost 17 inches long. And they thought he was done for when they left him and they marched on. And after the Redcoats left, the citizens of uh, Monotony, uh, Monot 
Monotony, so I'm sorry, I said it wrong, Monotony, came out to tend to the wounded. Many of them had seen Whitmore's uh, valiant actions, and they certainly expected him to be dead. And when they got to him, Whitmore was lying on the ground trying to reload his musket. Stabbed 13 times, shot in the face, and he's reloading his musket, this dude. That's insane. The uh, Okay, so the idea that not only would he go out there wearing his, like, wearing a musket plus two, two I'm assuming, like, flintlock pistols. Flintlock pistols, because you couldn't reload right away. Right. Yeah. Those each, with having to put in gunpowder and the little musket ball, those each would take up to about a minute and a half to reload. Yeah. So you're looking at almost five minutes of, of reloading guns. He went out there fully knowing that. And still fought for his country. He still fought for what he believed. He's protecting his babies, man. Yeah. He's pre- this is I, I'm going to get to the meat and potatoes of this in a minute. Right. Look how far he was willing to go to protect his town, to protect his family. You who are listening right now, listen to this. Whitmore was lying on the ground trying to reload his musket. They took Whitmore to a doctor and he was so sure Whitmore would die that he simply tried to make him comfortable. Whitmore fooled the doctor. He recovered and lived until the ripe old age of 98 years old. Wow. 98 years old. Listen to this. Seeing not only the end of the revolutionary war, but also the adoption of the U.S. Constitution before he died of natural causes. Listen to this. By the way, in that 1775 battle, he was 80 years old. He was 80. So he lived another 18 years. He lived another 18 years after being shot, his face being shot and blowing part of it off, being at it 13 times, reloading. He lived another 18 years to see the end and say, we have a nation now. So if an 80-year-old who was fighting for a country that wasn't even fully established back then is giving all of that, what are we giving for the kingdom of God? Thank you for opening that door because let's go there right now. This is where I hope we remember those who have fallen. This is Memorial Day we're talking about. I um I try to whenever we go to Virginia and to, to Washington, we always go to uh, Arlington Cemetery. And the reason is because our youngest son was actually named after a fallen Navy SEAL. Uh, his name was Aaron Carson Vaughn and Billy and Karen Vaughn live here and they actually have a, a, a group. Their daughter Tara started called Operation 300 for young kids who have lost their father in battle. And they come out and do like a three day camp and they, you know, do really cool, like shooting, fishing, archery, like have mentors, their dad's age, basically. And they do church services and, you know, all that stuff. And, um, you know, so we go out and visit those and we've adopted a couple of graves, you know, just to try to be there and to and, and, and I always tell the boys, this dude here, this person here didn't even know you and they gave their life for you. And they don't even get it. You understand? They don't even get it sometimes. And, and I don't get I don't expect them to understand it all because I'm going to be honest. Please raise your hand or comment in, in the comments below. Tell me that you're still not tripping about the fact that Jesus Christ, God chose you through Christ. Tell me you're not still tripping about that. Tell me you're not like, dang, God, Christ thought about me before his final breath. He thought about me and my sin. He took on my sin and he thought about me. Dude, so last night, inner healing, right? We right after a break, we were watching this this skit from Winterfest 2020, and it was of like this guy dressed as Jesus on the stage with this girl who 
was dressed in like really normal attire and then like four other people who were dressed really fancy and stuff and it was a pantomime or like a silent act with music playing in the background of literally the struggle against sin and it was i i i when i was in high school i spent like a lot of time in theater so i got i really got into acting and it wasn't too the acting wasn't very good but that's not the point literally like two minutes into this she is like being handed these knives and stuff and she's pressing them against their arm because the people who are dressed nicely are are making her do it and then one of them in this black cloak gives her a gun and for like 30 seconds she's struggling with it sure and immediately after she throws the gun down and starts trying to run to christ and the other actors on stage are doing everything they can to pull her back, to throw her on the ground, to keep her down there. And it was something about seeing that and seeing what came immediately afterwards that I, I literally just started crying. Like it, it just came out of the blue. Instead of her trying to fight to get to Christ, Christ stepped in and held everything back. That's thinking amazing, isn't it? And she sat there on her knees, just giving glory to God. Bro. And I I broke down in tears watching it. That's it, so so that that's the perfect picture analogy of what I'm saying. Th- that's called interposition. Jesus Christ interposed himself in front of me, right? On my behalf. So that God sees him. He doesn't see me. You know what I mean? So he sees him. And this is where this part of the, 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 the program or this part of the podcast was going to hit Romans 12. If you guys know scripture, it says, therefore, uh, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right. And then he says right after that, and don't be conformed to this world. So he says, I need you to present yourselves, your, your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy unto God, which is your reasonable service. Other translations say, which is your spiritual form of worship, right? My body, my life is a sacrifice unto God. Everything I do is out of obedience, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a loving gesture to God. And then he says right away, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know why? Because the world sacrifices for its own too. The world's willing to die on the hills that they die on, ain't they? Look at all those people going out and protesting about abortion or against it. Yeah, they're for they're for abortion and they're out there protesting. They're they're willing to die for it, dude. They're willing to die for earthly temporal sin. These guys are willing to go and fight for women's rights and women's liberations, and, and which is good. I think we need to go do those things. <clears throat> I don't care if I agree with you or not. They need to go fight for trans rights and gay rights and all these other things. And they're willing to stoop and fight and sacrifice everything for sin. He's saying here, do not sacrifice for that. Yeah. Right. It's a spiritual form of worship to God. Don't be conformed to this world then. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't do it the world's way. Do it my way is what he's saying, right? And then he says this. We talk about what, what is, what, how do you do that? How do you become a living? He literally says, uh, you present your body. Notice it doesn't say you have to do this and this and this in order to be a sacrifice for God. Present your body. Just give it to him. Here it is. Lord, this is mine. I have nothing to give you except all of me, right? This 300-pound carcass is all yours, Lord. I'm a heavy bag with eyeballs right now. Breathe life into this guy because that's all I got. You're all I have, Lord. 
And you should be saying that to yourself at home. Like, Lord, this is all I got. I've got no works. I've got no proof. I've got nothing. All I have is this body of mine that you said I need to start training and conforming to the word of the Lord, not to the world, right? So, Lord, here, use this body. Take me and just use it because it's all I got, right? 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4 says this, you therefore must endure hardship. Listen, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you're going to endure hardship as a soldier of Christ. Listen, you're going to go through hell. You will. On this earth, you will have tribulation. Those are, I'm telling you, we've got to get it out of the heads of the Christian today that, that spiritual warfare isn't normal. Spiritual warfare is normal. The war and the attack and the struggle, that is a normal cause of the Christian. It's a constant battle. It's normal to go through this. It's normal for you to see some weird stuff. And Man, I haven't thought about that in years. Or, man, that hasn't come up in a long time. And why am I depressed today? What the heck's going on, Lord? Why do I feel like I don't want to do this anymore? Father, why am I feeling lazy right now? Lord, I don't even want to read the world. What's going on? He says here, you're going to endure hardship. And he doesn't even say you're going to. He says, you therefore must endure hardship. You must endure it. Because no man can ever stand before a demon or the, or, or the de whatever against spiritual warfare without a testimony. You get your testimony through going through the war. A testimony can't be a testimony without a test. That's the old saying, right? They therefore overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So we have to have that story. He says, a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one entangled, uh, I'm sorry, no one engaged uh, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. If I'm going to go to war, I have to put away childish things. I have to put away things that are weighing me down emotionally, that that will take me away from the Lord, right? And that's why you walk in the war. You walk in the war and you're like, Lord, in the war, I'm protecting my family. I'm protecting my children. I'm protecting my home. I'm protecting our church. I'm protecting the flock. I'm doing all these things. I'm doing this, Lord, because you put it in me to do it. Outside of the Lord, I could care less about people. Do you guys know what I'm, do you guys feel me? Put that down in the comments below. Say amen. Sometimes you're like, I don't even care about people. Outside of Jesus, I was selfish. I can give a crap less about people. And then when you get saved, he puts this love in your heart because to he who's been forgiven much loves much, right? So you've been forgiven. You're like, man, I got to give this life to people. I got to go out to the people. I got to show them. When I started learning about government and all these other things, I'm like, I got to tell people this stuff. I was lied to my whole life in public school. I got to go give this to people. I want to see them have this knowledge, this light bulb moment by the Holy Ghost, where you're like, man, bang, something just happened to me. You know, be being a soldier in war, I just read that story of Whitmer, Samuel Whitmer. Being a soldier in the colonial army means a lot of suffering, or meant a lot of suffering. Being a soldier in any war means a lot of suffering. You're going to give up your life. You're going to give up your family. You're going overseas. And you know what's so funny? As a Christian, my wife used to say this all the time. You get into ministry, and you're like, I'm just sacrificing my whole life for ministry. And people are like, brother, that's works, brother. You got to be careful, brother. You don't want to overdo it, brother, right? We don't say that to people who are in the Olympics, yeah. who give up their entire lives to go train for the Olympics. We don't say that to people who go off to war. Oh, brother, you know, you shouldn't do that, brother. You shouldn't, you know what I mean? 
when they're going off to be missionaries, oh man, that's cool. You know, we're going to support you. We're going to send checks. But here in America, I'm going to start a ministry and I'm busting my butt, right? And there's sleepless nights and there are things, there's burdens you can't even explain to people. When you do, they say, brother, that's torment. That's not, that's not freedom. No, that's a spiritual burden God has given me to push through in prayer. Yeah. I mean, just look at, dude, look at Moses. Like, yes. I mean, if you think about it, Christ had nights and mornings. He was off by himself laboring in a garden before he was passing away. There are spiritual burdens you can't explain to people. When you try, it sounds like works to them. It sounds like you're going bonkers, and I'm not. I can't explain to you why I have this burden for America. I can't explain it. I can't explain why I have a burden for our church and souls. I can't, I can't, I can't reason that. Nothing makes sense to the carnal mind when you're talking about this. And it's not a burden that's mine. It just weighs on you. You're like, Lord, I don't even know how to push this thing through. I don't understand. I can't even, I don't even have words to pray for this. Right? And then he gives you the words. And then the Holy Spirit starts to pray through you. And then you start to see breakthrough. And you're like, oh, all of that warfare was for that. I get it. I understand. Right? But sometimes we get back into that warfare. We're like, why are we here again? You just, didn't you just remember what he did for you? Did you just remember? Right? That's why we're supposed to live like soldiers of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, the Bible says in Timothy. And it says this, the soldiers had often little to eat. They had no comforts of home. They were separated from their families. It was often bitter cold and they had little to keep warm with. Or in a case of Iraq, very warm, very hot, very dry, right? And, and, and all these other things, right? In spite of those hardships, the soldiers kept fighting for you and me. Jesus Christ beaten, bloodied, bruised. And there was three ways he was attacked. Three ways he was attacked. Financially, he lost his treasure guy, Judas. Mm -hmm. Lost the money fellow, right? Then he was attacked by his character. It was actually character attack first. Financially. Then he was beaten. Then he was marred. His face was marred, right? He took on the sin of the world. He was accused. First character, that accusation, right? Then he dies. Then he resurrects. And I noticed that every one of the big, the, the, the big things that I'm learning a lot through these trials is all those areas seem to get hit in some way, shape, or form, yeah. right? Either your thoughts go on your finances and your finances are okay, but your thoughts are like, oh my gosh, I got to protect the finances. You know what I mean? So you, it, it almost goes for these areas. And guess what those areas are? Everything that the world tries to determine what success is. Mm -hmm. They determine what your success and character is, your finances is, your accusations, are you keeping clean, you know? And God said, you have no reputation. Jesus said, I made him, Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. Paul even said, I don't need letters of commendation from you. You're our letter of commendation. You, your soul, your fruit. You, you write for us by your deeds, by what you do, not your letters and your penmanship, right? I don't need all that stuff. But I want to say this. The soldiers kept fighting for us to the death, some of them to the life. And if you talk to any soldier today, you know what they'll say? The real heroes are still over there. Man, that's deep, man. Heroes, I'm no hero if I ain't getting shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got hit a little bit. Yeah, it sucked. The real heroes are still over there. They're the ones who gave it all up, is what they said. You know? Can I ask a question, though? Do we see that kind of commitment in church today? I'm not trying to cap on the church. I'm asking you. Do we see that kind of commitment in the church today? People quit coming to church over menial, crappy things. He didn't say that right. He didn't do that right. He didn't understand that right. He didn't preach that right. He didn't, 
So one thing gets you right, and then you go home and live in your what-if land, and then the demons start to play with you, and you make it a bigger deal than what it is, and then you come back to church saying, I freaking know the truth, right, when you've never led a thing in your life, right? Let's be honest here. Have you ever led a church before? Have you ever run a business before? What I'm finding out is when I get around real pastors, real leaders, real apostolic leaders, real prophetic people, right, those that lead rarely criticize. You know why? Unless it's straight up heresy, they rarely criticize because they understand what it's like to go through the war. And they understand that you might have cuffed it or biffed it a couple times, but you're growing. You need to do that to grow. Whereas the layperson sitting back in the chair will sit there and say, nope, see? And they'll point. It's almost like they're looking, they're looking for any point where an imperfect being is imperfect. Exactly. And you know what's funny? We put the pastor on a pedestal right? We'll put the pastors, they must perform everything to the jot and tittle, which, okay, they should, they should be able to perform many things, right? But they are men just like you. They're women just like these, the uh, uh, pastor's wives, they're women just like you, right? Leaders, uh, worship, whatever, who you are, women, men, they're people just like you who lead. They're, they're no different than me. I'm no different than them, but I know what it's like to lead. And you know what? If they're struggling, I'm just going to be an ear for them. What you need. You don't need advice right now. You just need an ear. Cool. I got you. Because I know what it's like to lead. I know what it's like to get shot. It sucks. It hurts. Especially, you know what sucks? It's not those who attack you that you don't know. It's the ones that do know you that attack you that are the worst. Those that are in your camp. Those that say they're with you. Those that are Christians. That hurts the worst. And it's not, it's not, if they're right, they're right. That's called correction. But if it's just straight accusations, that hurts. Because that sucks, man. Thanks. You know what I mean? I expect it from the world. But if all you're doing is accusing and not correcting, that's wrong. Right? Yeah. And so, and it's happened many times. People won't work in the church like they should. They won't go out and give themselves up for church people. They won't even volunteer. What does it say? Now the statistic is, what was the statistic? It's like 10% of the congregation being involved in the church is actually successful. So if you have a church of 800, 80 people volunteering is success. That's terrible. Shouldn't we all be at least somewheres? I'm not saying everybody because some of us, the season is for our kids and whatever, right? You got college school. But for the majority, a lot of us can serve. We just choose not to. And you know what we related to? Church hurt. We're church hurt, right? Church hurt. Listen to this. Church hurt. The church hurt me, therefore I won't volunteer. Yo, who's your salvation? The church or Jesus? Are we not supposed to forgive as I've been forgiven? One, two. And I understand I was church hurt too. I was in a ministry for 12, 13 years. I get it. I know what it's like to be slaughtered in front of everybody. I get all that, but I did not point, I, I didn't pin that against Christ, right? As far as me getting involved in the, in the gospel and go preaching, right? Yeah. There was many things I, 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 I foolishly blamed the Lord for, and I repented, right? But it wasn't his fault. Was I listening to him? Was he warning me? Yeah. Did, it, did I follow? Nope. And I'm blaming God for it? You know what I mean? Number one. Number two, have you ever heard of a thing called work hurt? So I'm not going to work anymore because the last boss really was a jerk. I don't want to go to work anymore. What are you going to tell your bills? I'll pray about it. <laughs> it's due this month. I'll pray about that and send it back in. What? Like, come on. You know, like it's, it's the body, dude. We're going to mess up. You know, sometimes, sometimes my, 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 my ankle offends me when it hurts. So I got to take Advil to make that, you know, numb that thing. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that's a perfect way to do it, but you know, my back, I got to go to the chiropractor to get it readjusted, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to be offended. So what? You don't throw away your back? You don't say, cut it out of me. I'm done with my back. It offends me. <laughs> no, we walk through. 
We're soldiers of Jesus Christ. I don't let the menial things and the stupid things offend me. I don't let it pull me away from the gospel. I don't let it pull it away from from the church and the body of Christ. You know what I mean? I don't let it do that. I'm I'm a hardened soldier. That's what I do. And if the church can't get that right, are we expecting the world to do what the church should be doing? Mm. Are we expecting more from the world than the church sometimes? Let's be honest, right? It is immaturity. Far too many people in the church today won't leave their comfort zones. They'll stay in it. They come to church on Sunday, but that's as far as their commitment goes. It's like, that's it. Again, if you have family and stuff like that, I get all that. I do. I get it. Because I preached about it. You know, for, for a long time, I had family too. Did I still maintain ministry? Yeah, but like I had to take seasons off where I couldn't do anything extra. I was meeting people all the time for breakfast and lunch, and I couldn't do that anymore. It's like, I've got to, when I come home, it's the kids. You know what I mean? That's, that's, their, that's their thing, right? <clears throat> Imagine, let me just talk about the Revolutionary War. Imagine if the colonial soldiers had fought back then, like many people in church fight the devil today, we would still be under British rule. Wow. If, if we fought with that kind of commitment. If we even fought the way the world fights for their own stuff. But, but think about it, right? We have a God of the universe, the God who created all things, right? Right? The God who creates all things. The God who tells us how to forgive, how to love, how to preach, how to pray, how to be, how to be a soldier, how to read the word, how to do all these things, Right? And we're still dealing with church hurt, some of us. We're still dealing with menial unforgiveness. We're still dealing with gossip. We're still dealing with, you know what I mean? It's like I think about it going, Lord, (laughs) I'm I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm saying if we could get this right, you know what I mean? And it doesn't take a majority to prevail, Samuel Adams said, but an irate, tireless minority key time setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. These guys were ready to fight. They understood the price. They knew what it would cost them. They counted the cost before they got into the war. They counted the cost. I think, too, in Christ, I think about I think about Paul, you know. He says, I am crucified with Christ. He said, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. In the life that I now live, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And it's, it's that's it. If Christ truly gave himself for you, right? He gave himself up for you. Should we not do the same for him? And in that all dis- in that whole discourse, right? You become a soldier of Christ and you forget the things of the world. Even the things that want to offend. I, I wish I wish we could see that offenses, little menial offenses are the tool of the enemy to distract you from reach- reaching the blessing of Christ. I wish we could see that, that the, 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 the bitterness we're holding on to, all these other things, is what is holding us back from the blessings of God. The sins that you're in right now, the sins that you pet and you keep doing, thank God for mercy because God is so merciful. Jesus ain't giving up on you. Praise the Lord. I love that stuff. I love grace. But do you realize what you're holding yourself back from? I think if we can get rid of all that, and just focus on Christ, you would have a purpose and a mission before God to do what you're called to do. And you know what? When you're in the war, you're not thinking about all this stuff anyways. Matter of fact, pastor just preached on this yesterday. It was so good. He said when people came against him, right? We were sitting in a prayer room one time, easy E. 
we were sitting in a prayer room one time and we, we were talking about, you know, offense and stuff. And all of a sudden he looked at me and he said, no, no. This is what he did. All of a sudden in prayer, he goes, Lord, I bless, I bless them. Dude, it, it opened up love and prayer. We're all, we're all, I was crying. I was like, dude, what a way to look at someone who attacks you as they're, they're lost too. I was there once. Lord, I bless them. The Bible says to bless those who, who, who curse you or despitefully use you and persecute you. Man, bro, like that really changed me where it's like, if I can bless them, they don't have a hold on me. Satan doesn't have a grip on me. And people say, well, you know, if they do me wrong, I'm just not going to work with them anymore. Satan won. He controls, you now because you're not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. I just won't deal with them anymore. Really? Imagine Jesus doing that with you. You know what I mean? Like you got to be careful because your heart will go there. Now be prudent and be wise. That's a different case. I'm not working with them because of what they did. No, no, no. I'm not working with them because I've seen the fruit. Big difference. One's bitterness. One's just justice. One's just right. One makes sense. One's wisdom, right? Not justice, wisdom. One's a sinful. One is not. So guys, I hope this makes sense to you guys. Remember those who have gone before us. Remember Jesus on that cross and remember in 1 Corinthians. And I would, I would encourage you guys today, if you can, do your own little communion with the Lord, you know? Do it. Just read through 1 Corinthians 11. And remember him. And remember the fallen. Remember those who have been before us and said, you know what? I'm going to give it all for them. I'm going to give it all for Christ. I pray that we would see liberty through the eyes of those who gave their lives for us. Through Jesus' eyes. That then we wouldn't cheapen the grace of God. We wouldn't cheapen our rights. We wouldn't cheapen what government should be. We wouldn't cheapen uh, our liberty here. We wouldn't cheapen uh, and devalue uh, uh, life. But we would actually go out on the offense and say, Lord, I want to be a soldier for Christ. Let's go win some souls. Lord, I want to be a good soldier for you, Lord. I want to go see people healed and saved, delivered, transformed by the Holy Ghost. I want to pray, Lord, so that they can be delivered by the Holy Ghost. You guys are <clears throat> awesome, and we thank you so much for supporting uh, self-evident. It's crazy. I don't like doing podcasts by myself. That's why Mike was so fun uh, to have. And, you know, he ditched me this weekend because he doesn't esteem my sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Mike. I love you, buddy. Uh, he's having some fun. He's with some friends and, and doing all that in Michigan. He left me here. But look at him. Cheesy, smiling all. Look at that boy. Look at that boy. Handsome. Handsome. Any last words, Mike? No? Okay. So I'm going to pray us out. Uh, and, and, and if you guys have any prayer requests, we'd love to see them. Um, Lord, I, I'm so grateful. Lord, I'm grateful for those who have given their lives for us as Americans. Lord, we get to come to church or go to church in the land of the free. And it's still the home of the brave in my eyes, Lord, because it only takes one to be brave for us to do this. God, I'm so grateful, Lord, that we're even here, that we're praying to the God of heaven and that you would hear us, Father. You shake the trees of heaven for us, Father. You shake the tree of grace, Lord, for us, that we could eat of that fruit and understand more grace, the power to overcome all things, sin especially. Lord, you would shake the grace of, or tree of faith, Lord, for us to receive, Lord, to walk in power and authority, to know what we're walking into, Lord. You would shake the grace or um, the tree of mercy, Father, that we would come to it and partake of it, Lord, that our lives are a constant life of repentance. That we're always coming to you, Lord, with a change of mind, a change of heart, Father. Say, no, Lord, I don't want that anymore. Lord, I love it, but you hate it. I pray you change me. And Father, that our sin wouldn't be 
uh, hindering us, Father, in our prayers. Lord, I'm grateful for this nation. I'm grateful for what you've given us. Lord, I'm grateful for the kingdom of God. I'm grateful, Jesus, for dying for me on a cross. And that we never let that go. I thank you, those, Father, that are watching right now, that if they're in healing need, Father, I release the healing anointing upon them, Father. Not that you need my permission, but, Lord, I'm, I'm seeing it released now. We just, we, we just need you to heal, Father, because that's what you delight to do. You delight to show off, Father. You do. Lord, you're graceful. You're merciful. I pray, Father, for destroying idols in people's lives. That, Father, you would point out to them where their idols are. And that, Father, they would be put down. Anything we put before God, we would destroy it. In Jesus' name, Lord, because we're seeking you, Father. I thank you, Lord. I'm seeing some of these comments, Lord, that we're being changed and transformed. I know, guys. I know, Andrew. I know. I know. So am I. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things that's like, Lord, I thought I learned this and I didn't. Um, maybe I let go. I got too lazy or something. I don't know, Father. I just want to be transformed to you. And God, we're just thankful for this Memorial Day for those who have lost their loved ones. I thank you for peace over those families, those, those parents at home, the wives, the, the husbands. Lord, I just I pray, Father, for supernatural comfort and grace on them, Lord, and that, Father, they would know that we would remember what their family died for, what their loved one died for, that what they live for, Father, we would live too, that, Father, we would live for what they died for. We would live in liberty and stand against tyranny for what they died for. We just bless them in Jesus' name, Lord. And I thank you for the mission that we're all on, to change the nation, to change the world for the gospel. And Father, we bless ministries today, Father, that are doing that very thing. We bless those that are wanting to do that. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We love you. Again, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Hopefully you guys got some truth uh, today, and hopefully it puts you in remembrance. We love you so much. Uh, thank you again. Go on there and support. Uh, we got some new stuff out there. We got our new Constitution course. By the way, this is the last day of the month, I think Memorial Day sale. Right, babe? She didn't even answer. But uh, so if you go online, we got a Memorial Day sale going on. Our courses are half off right now. That's a that's a trip, you know, and it's all online. So you don't have to get anything delivered. So you guys can get one of those uh, They're They're right now. I think the Constitution course is ninety nine. And I think the other courses, I don't I can't remember. So they're they're half off right now. I don't set those things. I just talk about it and I don't even know what I'm talking about. So all that stuff, we got twenty five percent off our store. If you guys want to support? That'd be great. Love you guys. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Michael, be here Wednesday. Ooh. Easy E, signing out. Let's do it. All right, buddy. Love you guys.